You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle, the What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text the show at 865-658-5824. want to thank everybody for hopping in the chat. I know this was very, very short notice. We usually try to go live around 6 or 7 Central Time, but I'm going to jump on a podcast with Jake Shavink, the host of uh, – our podcast here on the Packernet Podcast Network called It's Always Draft Season. So we're going to be touching base with him and um, and just hanging out with him here in a little bit. So I thought we'd go uh, live a little bit earlier. And obviously the guys couldn't uh, couldn't get on here with us, but that's totally cool. I know the chat's going to be lit up, which it already is. So I'm going to kind of comb through the chat real quick. we got a few topics I want to hit on, and then we'll get you guys out of here. So first things first, uh, we got Bucky Cheesehead in the house. we got Omer in the house. Uh, let's see, Boz is in here. Um, got a full house. Good stuff. United Bates. What's up, man? Chris in in the house. And uh, let's just kind of see what everybody's talking about here in the chat real quick before we get into our topics. Um, this is pretty cool. Uh, Omar mentioned all 53 practice, even Musgrave. Uh, amazing. Yeah. You know, I love the fact that uh, that Musgrave just kind of sucking it up. Right. And Coach Matt LaFleur kind of mentioned it. You, you guys, I'm sure, have seen on Twitter uh, where people are mentioning how he was like pretty much blown away that he went from being in a walking boot two days ago to practicing today, even if it wasn't a limited fashion, right? Um, pretty cool stuff. And, and that's what you want to see from your young players. That's the type of stuff you want to see from up and coming, uh, up and coming leaders on your team. Right. And in no way, shape or form, am I saying that Luke Musgrave is a leader now, but that's the type of stuff that earns the respect of your peers. You know, we're talking about how banged up this team is and no one's going to sit here and say that, 
that these players don't want to play, right? You know, none of us are saying that. None of us are saying they're soft or anything like that. But I do know this. <clears throat> All it takes is one or two players to kind of go out there and say, you know what, hell or high water, I'm going to be on the field. I'm going to be there for my teammates. You know, the way that Reggie played hurt, the way that Brett played hurt, the way that Aaron played hurt, right? That, that's something that gets looked over a lot um, is just how much uh, – Aaron, Aaron Rodgers played hurt, you know, Aaron Jones wanting to get back out there, you know, those type of things. Somebody's got to set the tone, right? And I think they're going to look up and see Luke Musgrave over there doing everything he can to get on the field. And um, I don't know, man, I'm trying not to be negative, but some of the veterans on the team, they really, they really rubbed me the wrong way. You know, uh, Jair said something about, you know, he, he probably shouldn't have played last week or maybe it was the week before. I can't remember. Maybe it was the Raiders game. He said, and then he said, uh, well, you know, maybe he needs to go out this week and show Jordan Addison what the NFL is all about. And, and it's like he doesn't even realize um, how how much his play has dropped off this year, even when he was on the field, right? Now, it could be from the injury, right? But just that type of attitude of, well, maybe I need to get out there and show them what the NFL is all about. It's like, how about you get out there and play for your teammates, right? How about you get out there and play for the G? I bet you get out there and play for the fans, uh, for all the players that came before you in Green Bay. I just don't – I don't know, man. It's rubbing me the wrong way. And I know that's something we've talked about on this pod quite a bit here lately. So, uh, yeah, let's see. Almer in the chat says, um, it's going to get worse before it gets better unless they grow some O-linemen this week. Yeah, if the O-line doesn't get better, especially in the run-blocking aspect, it's going to it's gonna stay ugly, right? Um, that's something they've got to get cleaned up right now, no doubt about it. Um, let's see. Omar said, Matt said he doesn't believe Aaron Jones is hundred percent yet, but Ryan Wood said Jones told him he's feeling the best he has all season. So obviously the head coach sent a little smoke signal there, right? Trying to keep everything under wrap a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see just exactly, uh, how much of a workload he gets. And guys, this is the Vikings, right? This is a division rival. Um, you know, I don't think anybody in that locker room or the coaching staff is trying to write this up as a, as a season where they can't come back. Right and they can't possibly make the playoffs. And, and, again, is it a long shot? Absolutely, it's a long shot, right? It's going to take a lot to make that happen. But with that being said, um, hey, let's make a run at it, right? Let's do it. Let's go after it. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited about seeing them play the Vikings because I think it's going to be a, a pretty good measuring stick for them. I really do. I think it's going to be something where um, you're going to, you know, after they come off that win against the 49ers, you're going to have an opportunity – to go out there and show that, look, hey, if, if if the Vikings can beat the Niners and we can go out and beat the Vikings and just kind of get a get a win under our belt, it feels like it's been forever since we've got a win. Um, I think it's something that could create some serious momentum, especially the fact, like we pointed out last night, I think it was either Tim or Emilio on the show here, pointed out that, you know, the fact that we're losing, we've lost the AFC teams, right? Like, you're still in pretty a pretty good spot conference-wise, in order to try to make the playoffs and, and having that NFC conference record up and then trying to get your divisional record straightened out. You never know, man. The Lions could completely collapse. You've seen how they played against Baltimore last week, right? The Vikings are starting to create a little bit of momentum. So if you're able to knock them off at Lambeau Field, all of a sudden you're right back in the hunt, right? It's just so early in the season. Um, this one right here cracks me up. Omar in the chat says, not to worry, Stinovich has it all covered with Myers, who he says is playing the best of his career. Uh, laughing, uh, pretty much laughing out loud there. Yeah, it, that was a tough comment for me. And uh, I know people have written articles and tried to go in and say, hey, look, no, it's not as bad as people think. Look, he's a good he's a good pass blocker. There's no doubt about it. Now, I watch every snap of the season 
And when I see him pass block, you also got to take into consideration how much help he's got, right, and how much chipping goes on. Um, so what I mean by that is, you know, if they're if they're coming out in a four tech, right, and the defensive line is lined up over the guards, and all the center has to do is just kind of chip, he's just kind of bounce over and, and help, you know, knock somebody off their spot a little bit. Well, guess what? He's gonna he's probably gonna get a plus two grade there, right? He's probably gonna get as good a grade as you can get in the pass blocking scheme. That, along with the zone blocking aspect of our play action, makes pass blocking a lot easier than some of the, just the normal pass sets, right? Now, when you look at his run blocking, it's absolutely horrific. And, and I just – I refuse to, you know, uh, just let that fall to the wayside. Like, oh, well, he's a good pass blocker, but he can't run. You know, no. You've you got to be good at all facets of the game, man. You've got to be able to – you wonder why we can't run the ball. It's because of those run blocking grades, and you see it all over the tape, right? And I think some of that's on Matt LaFleur being a little too complex in the blocking scheme and trying to do too many things, trying to do some pin and pull, trying to do a little power running your inside zone, outside zone, mixing in duo. Maybe it's just too much for everybody to handle, right? So this last game I think was a step in the right direction in that regard. I know it's tough losing to a bad team like Denver, but there are no moral victories. But when you can come away from a game and go, okay, well, we did that a little bit better. We did that a little bit better. It's it's blocks that you can build off of, right? So uh, let's see what else we got in here before we get to some of the content just want to make sure I'm not overlooking anyone. What's up, Zane? Appreciate you dropping through, buddy. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Let's see. Yeah, this this right here hits it for me. Bucky Cheesehead says, I'm just happy they're back at Lambeau. Seems like forever. Amen, brother. Amen, dude. So, so excited to see Lambeau Field this uh, this Sunday. It looks like it's going to be gloomy, a little bit cloudy, right? A little bit chilly, probably a high around 40, little Lambeau weather. Let's see if we can beat Kirk Cousin up a little bit. So, all right, let's do this. Let's talk about the injury report. It was released today. And uh, going ahead, go. Let's go ahead and hit on it real quick, and just kind of see what might have changed. Jair Alexander um, was limited today. He's listed as questionable. Um, you know, I always like to mention this because the questionable tag was supposed to be 50-50, right? There's a fifty shot, fifty percent shot he'll play, fifty percent shot he won't play. Um, so when you see questionable, it's like okay, it's completely up in the air, right? If someone's probable, really good chance they're going to play. When they're doubtful, then you, I mean, it's going to take darn near a miracle <laughs> to get them on the field, right? So that's uh, that's how Jair see, uh, sits right now, questionable. Uh, Zane Anderson, um, full participation, he's good to go. Devondre Campbell, limited participation, questionable. I would be surprised if, if we see Devondre Campbell out there. That's just me. I, I hope he's on the field, but to me, it just still seems like it's a little early for that ankle. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Come game time. Elton Jenkins, limited participation, uh, no game status, so he should be good to go. Aaron Jones, limited participation. I know we'll see a a snap count or a, a pitch count, if you will, with him. Hopefully it gets increased a little bit. I think last week we had eight carries, 11 total touches. Maybe we can get that up to, you know, 12 to 15 carries. That would be absolutely phenomenal because Aaron Jones showed you he's still got it, right? He's definitely still got it. Now, here's the big one. It's really cool. Luke Musgrave with the ankle. Did not participate Wednesday. Did not participate Thursday. Limited on Friday. Listen, as questionable. So there's a good chance he won't go. But just the fact that he got out there that quick, and like I say, trying to set the tone a little bit um, when it comes to, uh, you know, those injuries and, and this whole locker room uh, from a cultural aspect. Josh Myers did not participate Wednesday. He was limited Thursday, full participation today, listed as questionable. I think Josh Myers will probably go. Of course, you've seen him come back into the game the other day. Uh, Yash 
limited today. No uh, no game status uh, designation there, so he should be good to go. You have Preston Smith full participation, which like Paul Brettel said right here on this uh, program, that it was an illness he was dealing with. Uh, Christian Watson full participation, Devontae Wyatt full participation, so they should be good to go um, in that regard. So, uh, all right, let's do this. Let's go back to the chat real quick. <clears throat> Let's see, uh, Christian. All right, buddy, I will, man. Listen, I, I'll just read the comment here. Christian says, keep the heat on Goot and Matt LaFleur, my man. Um, it's not about putting heat on people. Um, you know, it's about watching the tape and just really, you know, describing what you see on tape. That's all you can do, right? And I understand there's some people that don't like us tape heads, right? They, they like to kind of look at the game a little bit different and not as serious. And, and I hear people joke about, you know, these YouTube channels that they're actually breaking down the tape. I, I've learned everything I've learned about football from breaking down the tape, period, case closed. And it's going to continue to to evolve in that in that aspect. I love watching Kurt Warner's breakdowns. I love watching Kurt Vinkert's breakdowns. J.T. O'Sullivan's. Mike Wall is one of the best at breaking it down and keeping it simple. Those are the guys that I try to pick up on how they watch tape that and just the stuff from from reading over the years and, and trying to understand the game of football, especially at the professional level. But, yeah, man, not, it's not about trying to to put heat on anyone, although, I mean, hey, I understand what you're saying, and if that's a byproduct, that's a byproduct. I'm not saying I'm right and anyone else is wrong. That's just what I'm seeing. If you see it, you got to say it, right? So uh, let's see here. Casey Odom in the chat says, how about we game plan from the beginning like we are down two scores, down 10 to 14, change it up. Hey, let's see if we can get the guy who's working the scoreboard in Lambeau to just go ahead and put the third quarter up there for us, right? Maybe that'll trigger something in this offense to uh, to, to get out there and, and get a little bit quicker start. Omar said, this team should have been 5-1 and one at this point. It's tough, man. Now, they could have been 1-5 and five too. We've all talked about that, right? Um, but, yeah. But here's the other thing, too, that we got to put into perspective. We knew it was going to be a growing year. We knew it was going to be, you know, a developmental year, right? I mean, Goody made that decision when he put this roster out there and put them on the field. And we all had high hopes, right? Coming into the season, I was I was saying six to ten wins. That's what I seen. You come out and you win those those two early games, and you, and you immediately think, okay, this might be a ten-win team. I've said this over and over. Then all of a sudden you start losing some of these close games, bang, bang, bang. Now we're looking like, okay, we're probably back in that six-win range. Now, those games with the youngest roster in the National Football League and a quarterback who's struggling with accuracy, although the rest of his numbers aren't that bad, really, um, even his rushing statistics, you know, got a couple of rushing touchdowns. Um, I think he's in the top five or top ten in passing touchdowns, uh, he being Jordan Love. So when you look at that, a first-year starter, you're missing your all-pro left tackle, right? You've missed your best player on offense the pretty much the entire season um, outside of Chicago. You've just got had him in a little bit of a, a limited fashion there uh, last week in Aaron Jones. Um, Elton Jenkins is banged up. He's playing extremely, uh, you know, he's underperforming based off of what he's shown us in the past. Uh, you know, Christian Watson's underperforming right now. You've got rookie Jaden Reed doing what he can. You've got another rookie in Luke Musgrave, you know, going out there and playing. You know, when you look at it like that, it's like, hey, you know, the fact that we're in these games, right, and uh, and in a position that we could possibly win them, um, that's that's pretty remarkable. You know, this last game, if it hadn't been Denver, I'd be sitting here going, hey, look, man, you know, we we missed the field goal, rookie kicker missed the field goal. If he doesn't miss that field goal, we win that ball game, right? But the the hard part is accepting the fact that it was Denver, right? And you got to be real in that regard for sure, though. So um, let's see here. Oh, it looks like Emilio might be freed up, so. Let's see if we can get him the link real quick. Milia, look for it on Twitter, my man. 
I'll uh, I'll shoot it over there right now. And uh, if you want to hop on, you do so, man. We'd love to have you on here. So, uh, all right, cool. You should have it, man. I'll keep a lookout for you here. Um, yeah, Chris, appreciate that, man. Uh, he says we appreciate all the work you guys put in. Man, it's a blast, dude. I, I never thought having a pod, you know, would be this enjoyable. And I've heard a lot of people complain because it's a down year, right? And, um, and you know, it's like, man, what? That's that's a, that's a tough year to kind of go, you know, I don't want to say full time, but to do a daily podcast, a daily YouTube show. I've enjoyed it because when I watch football, even if it's a down year, it the only way it wouldn't be enjoyable for me if is if I was just watching it, cutting it off when we're losing and and not really gaining anything from it. But you got to understand that that every result in the game of football especially in the National Football League, there's a reason it's happening, right? So the goal shouldn't be, well, let's just root for them. Just, let's just watch it whenever, you know, they're doing well. The goal should be, hey, let's try to let's try to understand what's going on on the field and why it's happening, right? That should be the overall goal, um, whether the team's winning or losing. Now, um, I think it's going to be really, really sweet when this team does finally put it together, right? and puts herself in a position where they can actually compete. But we'll bring in Emilio now from Tennessee. Emilio, what's going on, buddy? Uh-oh, I've got no sound for you, man. Let's see what we got here. I'll go to this chat real quick. You just speak up when you get it fixed there, man. Um, let's see. Uh, United Bates says, need points on the board in the first half and control that clock, tired of three and outs, and so is our defense. Yeah, it's tough, man. And listen, I've defended the defense quite a bit. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that the defense is perfect. I'm not saying the defense is, you know, like I've pointed out, I think they're right there around that 15 spot. I really do. I think they've improved a little bit from last year, especially seeing that they've got so many starters out, but the offense is the, that's the tough part, man. These three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, especially when it's a time at the opening of the game that the play should be scripted and you've got to, that, that should be your best shot at attacking a defense. Right. And if it doesn't work, then you adjust as quick as possible and come up with that counterpunch, right? That should be the goal. But, right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Emilio, I think we got you now, man. How you doing, pal? I'm good, bud. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Appreciate you jumping on here short notice, dude. Like yeah, I was yeah. telling the guys, Jake, uh, Jake going to have me on a pod here in a little bit. So that'd be a good one. That'll be a listen to for sure. Everyone in the chat here should already be over there waiting for the next one. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, anytime you hang out with Jake, he, I love his passion for college football. And we're going to oh, yeah. kind of just take a, a glimpse ahead at at the draft a little bit and hey you know where where are the swings and misses if you've got if you've got problems with this front office and the decisions they've made whether it's the draft free agency or whatever make sure you hop over to Jake Shavink's channel tonight and if you can't uh if you don't know where it's at just uh just look on Twitter search for Jake Shavink and uh you should be able to find him and yes. it's, it's called the It's Always Draft Season podcast. But I think this video is a, a little bit different series he's doing with an awesome right. YouTube channel. Because I was listening to that earlier today. I didn't get through all of it. I finished up blowing the leaves. I got home. So I figured uh, he, he'll be he'll be finished up next uh, next time I pop in the earbuds. But, yeah, I, I do. I love his content, man. Every time he gets on the mic, it's, he starts cooking, I tell you. He, he just really starts lighting this up because it's there's so much there. There's no way that any of us can keep up with it. And he's and I don't know how he does it, but but he really does, man. Yeah, he you can tell he's passionate about it. And that's me. Yeah. Like I'm not getting on that show tonight to spill my knowledge on college football. That's not the go. Hopefully I can give a little bit of an opinion on where I think this roster is and where the holes are. Right. And we can kind of bounce some stuff off of each other. But yeah, man, he it's amazing. Just I mean, he knows everyone by name, mm -hmm. their tendencies. 
it's just a, he's a phenomenal host for sure. We got Josh Martin with the super chat. Thank you so much, Josh. We appreciate you supporting the stream. He said, I'm at the point of this season where if we win, I'm happy. If we lose, I'm happy because we're one step closer to drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. Boy, hey, man, what do they call him? Uh, Maserati? Is that his nickname? Is that what they call him? I think, well, that's what uh, Gus Johnson called him on the telecast the other day. I'm assuming he didn't just make that up on the right. Line. Right. But yeah, Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr., man. He's a chip off the old block. He's just one of those receivers that you could see him dominating on Sundays. Now he's got to go out there and do it, right? It's a totally different ball game, but I mean, um, his dad did it. He absolutely dominated, man, yeah. and with 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 a stellar quarterback. So yeah, you know, it's all about the combo. It really is, man, and, and creating that creating that chemistry, right? That's what's so uh, so important. Um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to them if they're in, you know. If we do finish with a top 10 pick or a top five pick, I wouldn't be opposed to them taking the best receiver in the draft. But here's the question. Do they have that high of a grade on Marvin Harrison Jr., right? right. I mean, we've seen it over and over and over. Like, well, Quentin Johnson this year, there were so many people that fell in love with him. I wasn't very big on him because, to me, he was one of those straight-line speed, deep threat type guys. I didn't see a whole lot of depth to his game. Now, I'm not a scout, and I don't pretend to be one on TV, right? right? The, the, the thing that – We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. That I noticed was I felt like Jordan Addison was a more complete receiver, but also it was you know, it's not an elite position, right? Wide receiver. Now we're hurting at wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. Now, if they've got a top grade on Marvin Harrison Jr., they'll they'll take him if he's available. There's no doubt about it. But uh, it's just uh, 
man, it's still pretty wild that it's been that long since we've taken a wide receiver in the first round, Amelia. Right, right. And, I mean, it, it would be if he's available, too. I mean, that's the other thing. Right. How, how far down are we going to go? Where are we going to land? Like Jake was talking um, uh, on his pod, I think he said we, for his estimate, we'd be at about ninth. Uh, if if we keep this up, um, he kind of just estimated the rest of the year. So with that, do you do you throw in a couple picks and try to climb up to get him on third at three or something like that? Would we want to do that? Would we want to throw that throw that capital at him? You know, it's it's uh, once you commit to something like that, it's a commitment. Whereas I feel like if we, you know, if Christian Watson doesn't work out, everybody could fall back on, hey, it was the second round pick. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I mean. Also, do we like our wide receivers right now? I'm I'm kind of happy with them. I, I think that as they grow, I think Wicks will get there. I think um, you know Dobbs is. I love how he, he carries himself, and you know it's uh we we spent a lot there recently, so I don't know if we're gonna hit, go back to the pot again. Yeah, definitely. Josh Martin, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate it. Omar in the chat says this defense is averaging about 20 points a game in the A Rod Favre era. Those translated into automatic wins. Yeah, great point, you know, great point. Um, But, you know, this is a much younger offense, right, and we all got to take that into consideration. Um, Again, I don't think the defense is doing great, but I think it it is funny how some people will cherry-pick stats to make it sound like it's worse than it is, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's why I like points per play and yards yards per play is because that's when it breaks it down to how efficient is your defense being. You know, we had someone in the chat the other night they said, yeah, but the, the points per play, you're kind of skewing that, um, you know, with, with that specific statistic. But, okay, let me ask you this. if What about when Jordan Love turned the ball over inside their own 20 there a couple times this year, right? That w- Wouldn't you think that would hurt the points per play, right? Mm-hmm. In that case, it's going to inflate them, right? Because it's it, what, even if you go three and out and they get three points, you see how high that points per play goes up, right? right. See, everything – has to come into perspective, right? And I'm not sitting here telling anyone what stat they should choose or what they should lean on the most. That's just the one that I like because I've been somewhat embedded into the gambling community, mm-hmm. and that's something that's really, really important in the gambling community because t- to them that's a true gauge of, okay, here, here's how many plays it's taking for them to gain X amount of yards or X amount of points, right? That's truly how, how uh, you know, Successful and, and Matt was saying to that to Omar's point, um, if if we get 20 points or if our defense holds them to under 20, that that's an offense. We should we should win that game. Yeah. And that's Matt's and that's Matt's motto. And I love that. We just haven't been able to put the points up because we don't start until the third quarter. So yeah. like I think I heard a little bit earlier, let's get let's get the third quarter moved to the first quarter and let's start let's start rolling this ball down the hill. Yeah, that's what cracks me up because like a st- a stat that someone threw out earlier, they were you know, uh, I think he said 31st in uh, scoring percentage. And I went, what the hell scoring percentage? What is that? And it's, oh, I see what they did. It's not points per game. It's not points per play. It's how often they actually score, meaning field goals too. You know, those times when they get inside the 20, your defense stands tall and holds them to a field goal. As right. if that's a negative. And it's like, anytime you get into that stuff where you're mm-hmm. trying to bend – Ben stats and, and cherry pick to prove a point. Uh, let's see Casey, Casey over here said, uh, I heard Ryan mention the defense DVOA, if that's what it's called, is pretty atrocious, I guess because of how weak our schedule has been. Yeah, I heard that too. And it, it's funny too, you need context, right? Did you hear how Ryan said it? 
I know I heard it. It, it, it was literally, he said, yeah, for, for those of you, he said, somebody asked him, what's the DVOA? What's the DVOA? And he's like, okay, for those of you who want blood on the defense, we found the stat that's going to sh- make it out basically. And I'm, I'm kind of yeah. paraphrasing, but let's, let's make it look as bad as possible here. Right. The problem I have with DVOA, and I'm not saying it's a useless metric at all. It's something that's really, really popular, but they say it's supposed to be the adjusted ranking or rating of your defense based on the opponent they play. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Do they adjust that based off of the opponent's, and who they played. You right. understand what I'm saying? It's like, how deep does it actually go? Mm-hmm. And, you you know, that's why it's important to take all this information and throw it into one pot. That's why I pointed out that on points per play, or was it, it was yards per play, they're 11th, right? You don't hear me saying, hey, this is a borderline top 10 defense. Mm-hmm. No, because DVOA, DVOA is pretty bad, right? Points per play is a little bit lower than the 11. So it's like I put them somewhere in the 15 mark, you know, 15 right. to 17. So. Um, yeah, but uh, I did hear that too. And and again, if you guys go listen to it, it was pretty comical how he said yeah, it because he, he was like, I'm focused on offense right now because it's obvious offense is the big problem, right? That's where we're struggling the most. And, and you know, like Matt LaFleur mentioned, um, you know, you, you score 20. If, if a defense holds another team to under 20 points, you should win that ball game. If you don't, your offense is not doing their job, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, He's like, so if you want blood on the defense, there you go. You've got to. Right. Isn't, isn't our red zone offense like pretty decent this year? Are we converting at like 70% or something? I don't know if that yeah. number's right, but. I don't know the exact number, but it's definitely up from last year. At least it was. I'm sure it still is because we scored in the red zone. You just can't get there. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's it. And it's uh, it's almost a little too late, you know, which, again, we were in, in every game up to this point, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh you know, it is what it is. Let's so see about the, I mean, because Vikings won how many one-score games last year? And we've we've lost how many this year? So it, it's kind of just how it falls. It's right. every little bit. Yeah. Omar in the chat said, I hate Barry, but the issues are Matt and his inept offense. I love how he's like, listen, I ain't letting Barry off the hook. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, me personally, again, I'm not a huge Joe Barry fan. The only reason that I get stamped with the Barry apologist is because I watch the tape and go, miss tackle, miss tackle blown coverage, missed tackle. I'm not going to get on her and go, this is Joe Barry's fault, right? right. Um, I'm just not going to do it. Now, I don't know what they're doing on one play. Everyone's just standing around holding <laughs> their hands up praying. Other than McDuffie going, yeah, I, right. I ain't worried about it, guys. I'm I'm covering this too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think Joe Barry's probably on his way out, and I think it's really loud, you know. Um, the question is, what are you going to bring in now, right? Mm-hmm. You've spent all this time teaching this defense. Do you bring someone else in who runs a Fangio style? Or are you saying, no, this scheme is is flawed? Now, if if the argument, Emilio, if it is, hey, look, we like this scheme, that's what I'm seeing on tape is there's nothing wrong with the scheme. There's nothing wrong with the play calling. There isn't. But if the argument is these players aren't performing up to their maximum level, let's bring in a D.C. that can get the most out of them because Joe Barry can't, then, hey, look, I can't argue with that. I can respect that, you know. Um, I want the best defense on the field. I want a top-five defense, Mm -hmm. you know, year year in and year out. So if that does mean getting rid of Barry, heck yeah. But if you watch the tape, you can't come away going – I don't come away going, 
yeah, Joe Barry's the problem. I'm going, these players are underperforming. Right. But I mean, if you do that and we bring in another coach, what happens if it's like the Vikings and say, Hey, we're, we're switching from a three, four back to a four, three. Now we got to throw Now we got to get 400 pound linemen in the middle and we got to switch up our edges because they're going to be staying down a lot more. There's a lot that goes into it. So a, a big choice would have to be made, you know, where we're going after this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, uh, Boz. Thank you so much for the uh, for the donation, dude. You're awesome, man. I, I oh, tell yeah. you, yeah. He uh, he's just Elite. all the time, man. We really, really appreciate you supporting the stream, dude. We can't for tell sure. you enough. Uh, means the world to us. Let's see here. Casey Oldham says, "In the world of coaching, quote, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen, or so I've always told." Ha. Yeah, that's that is the big saying, right? If you and it's that Mike Wall actually says it all the time. You're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen, right? There's no excuses. You've heard me say players win them and coaches lose them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a mindset that great coaches have. That's a, a quote by Bill Belichick, meaning, hey, look, when things are going right, it's because we put the, the, the players are – they have the talent and they were in position to do what they do best. When we lose, it's because we didn't put them in a position to do what they do best. The problem is there's not many people on this team not named Quay Walker that's good at tackling. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the that's the big issue we've got. Eyes on the thighs. We need a little bit more of it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's let's kind of switch gears. And again, Boz, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate mm-hmm. you. Um, I've got an audio clip I want to play for you here. This was Mark Chamora on uh on Jen Gabe and Chewy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but they've got a uh, a morning show on ES, I think it's on ESPN radio, and they have Jason Wildey on as a weekly guest every week. And they just they do a good job, man. I know there's a lot of people that don't like Wildy. I don't agree with everything Wildy says. I don't. But um, I appreciate the fact that he's constantly on the grind covering the Packers. Right. And he's been with the Packers, I think, since 1996. How about that? The first year he came on reporting for the Packers, they went a Super Bowl. Right. (laughs) So good timing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What we're going to do, I'm going to mute your mic and mute mine as well, Emilio, just to make sure that we can hear this. okay. And uh Let's see if we can catch this audio real quick as I pull it up here. And, um, yeah, so, again, this is this is basically Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, and they've got um, Jason Wildy on here, and they're talking about this offense because, basically, Chewy went back and watched some of the tape. But let's see, uh, let's see what they had to say here when it comes to uh, the offense here in 2023 for the Green Bay Packers. The, the players are doing the wrong thing. Whether it's and a it's lazy, not always the same player, right? Yeah, no, this one I went Josh Myers, That's part right? Part of the problem. Josh Myers right. is there was an inside run, and the guy over the guard kind of shaded to his inside disappears, right? And it was clearly Josh Myers helping out that guy with the guard and then getting up onto the Mike linebacker. Well, the guy shaded on the guard disappears. And Josh Myers is still chasing him, even though he disappears and is late to getting to the linebacker. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing? (laughs) Is he being not coached on how to do that? Or is he just doing it on his own? And it's the same with route running. It's like these guys are, are, are running bananas instead of putting their foot in the ground and coming back to the ball. To me... I revert to the coaches because if the if that continues to happen, then that's the coach, man. Sit in the damn meeting rooms for two hours. 
even if the if the if the CBA doesn't allow you to, but something's <laughs> lost in transition here. It's like this is 101. This is coaching 101. Yeah, I think we looked at six well, plays and there was somebody who did something wrong on all six. And I don't think he was ever I don't think there was a repeat offender. Well, and sometimes, Jason, and I know that you know this as well, having watched the game, but sometimes they get away with it too. Like I was telling the guys, I watched the quarterback school, the JTO Sullivan breakdown of all of Jordan Love's passes. And it, shockingly, many of them were third and third and one, third and medium, third and long, yeah. like a lot of the plays. But he, there was one play where I think it's DeGuara who goes out to chip and he just misses very badly. Now they got the they moved the chains on that one, but that could have been another one where you can't miss your block like that. And yeah. expect your guy to still be able to to always make up for One it. One other so- example, Jason, the screen to in, you know, they had the screen in for me because I had blazing speed. We just never ran it. No doubt. But yeah, sure. the front that they were in with the screen to Luke Musgrave, you cannot run it. You have to check out of it. You can't run it into a 25 front. In 61 plays, I was telling these guys, just 61 plays sounds like a lot, but it is not. And you said that was a waste. And that's a wasted play. Now, either Jordan Love didn't know this or wasn't taught that you cannot run that play into that, or it's stuff like that blows my mind. All right. So, again, that was uh, Mark Chamora on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. And, again, that came from – if you guys just search Jason Wildey, he's got – Several just 10, 15 minute spots he does every week. Really good stuff there. So yeah, you you heard that okay, right, Emilio? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so you know, that was the tidy end screen that you and I broke down, remember? <laughs> and we looked up and said, This this had no chance. There was no chance. Mm-hmm. And on top of uh, on top of the hat count being screwed up, Deguara's running 20 yards down the field, acting like he's looking for somebody to block. And I'm right. like, if that's how it was drawn up. Man, that's a horrible play design. And Chewy, I mean, he sounded like he was ready to fight somebody. But uh, what did you think about what he had to say there, man? And like we were saying, that it's everybody. Everyone's making a mistake. It's not just one. Josh Myers can't get to the second level. You know, DeGuara misses a block. Musgrave misses that. You know, a catch. The the screen doesn't work. You know, AJ Dillon trips or something. It, it can literally be anything. Uh, but it's. You know, the team, they just need to figure it out, really. It's just got to come. It comes down to execution uh, by inches and completing plays, finishing your block, playing through the whistle, um, all the all the little mental things. You, you know, when, like, you were running sprints back in the day and you were doing the pyramid sprints where you start on the goal line, you sprint to the five back, 10 back, 15 back, and the one dude down the line, you look down the line, it's on two, you look down the line and the dude jumps and you got to start, you're already going to the 50, start all the way back at zero again and run them sprints. And you know, that's where it's like, dude, I cannot believe you just made us run another 500 yards because you can't sit in your stands. Those are the mistakes they're missing on. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, one of the problems I think is the lack of leadership, the lack of veteran presence. You know, everybody <clears throat> last year got so mad at Aaron Rodgers because he was frustrated with players on the field. You know, him yelling at Josh Myers, right? People, oh, that ain't right. That ain't a good teammate. It's like maybe I am old school. I don't know. The reason it didn't bother me is because even at the at the lowest level of athletics, even in just – high school baseball, if somebody was letting the team down, 
you it, you didn't call him out to embarrass him, but it was like, hey, listen, are we are we are we serious about this or not? Mm-hmm. Like, is this something that we're going to try to? Are we going to try to win district? Are we going to try to make it to region? Or are we just out here playing around? Like, we would hold each other accountable. Aaron Rodgers does that. He's a horrible teammate. You know, Tom Brady did it for years, shouting on the sideline, throwing tablets, cussing people out. Right. Oh, he's a competitor. Aaron did it. It's like, look at what a jerk. What a jerk he is. Well, now you don't have anybody doing that. Remember everybody – I remember people going into this season, Emilio, they were saying, I'm just so excited to have a quarterback who's not going to try to embarrass his teammates on the field. Okay, well, we got it, mm-hmm. and this is what's happening, <laughs> right? And I'm not pinning it on Jordan. I'm just simply saying someone like that, they're not out there to just be a jerk. They're out there to to try to get the best out of each other. Watch the Michael Jordan documentary. What watch it? <laughs> watch the Jordan documentary, the thirty for thirty or whatever it was. Yeah. Then get back to me and talk about you know your feelings and mm-hmm. you know it's just it's tough to watch. But again, this is the this was the path they chose, right? There's going right. to be growing pains. But the, the part that bothers me and kind of what Mark Chamura was talking about there was you know you've got all this inexperience and they don't know exactly what to do, right? And and you got mistakes happening everywhere. The part that bothers me is from the general manager aspect, right? You're not willing to give up a precious draft pick to get a proven talent in here, right? Mm-hmm. God forbid we we bundle together a third and a fifth to bring in a veteran like all these other teams are doing. You know, everybody made fun of the Rams because they went all in that year. And it was just and, – and I kept hearing people say, well, they're not the best team. They won the Super Bowl. They're the best team. They, they survived the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. all the way to the end, right? And all those moves that they made were well worth it. Getting OBJ, the way he played in the playoffs and started the Super Bowl, blows his knee out in the Super Bowl, all of that contributed to them getting there and winning the whole thing, right? Look at the 49ers right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody, Nobody wants to give Brock Purdy credit because it's, well, look at the super team around him. How'd they get that super team? Think about that. How did they find Debo Samuel? How did McCaffrey get there? Yeah, they drafted him. He wasn't a first-round pick, right? Mm-hmm. Debo wasn't. But, you know, when you look at us, we're not willing to give up the draft picks for a Christian McCaffrey. Right. We were in talks for several different people, right? We were in talks uh, for uh, OBJ that year. Then we find out later that that was free agency, by the way. We found out later that Brian Gutekinds offered him a minimum contract. So that's why he chose L.A. You know, he was on the phone with Aaron and wanting to come to Green Bay. I'm not suggesting that we sign OBJ, we win a Super Bowl, but that's the culture we've created that we're not going to make those splashes. We'll go get the Rasuls and the Devondre mm-hmm. Campbells, both great signings. Got to give Goody credit for that. But when you're not willing to, to to give up these draft picks for proven commodities, and it's always just, well, we want our young guys to learn. We want our young guys to learn until it's the last year of their contract and you're not happy with them, then you let them go. You know, it's like Tay, trading Tay away, right? Mm-hmm. And people say, well, he does. He didn't want to be a Packer. That's BS. That is total BS. The reason he no longer wanted to be a Packer was because they lowballed him two years before and basically told him, you need to go prove it one more year. Okay, I'm done. I'm out, yeah. right? And, and by the way, is he performing pretty well this year? Imagine Devontae Adams on this offense. You think it's a better offense? <laughs> I mean, it's well, tough, man. Yeah. And the other thing too, Emilio, is refusing to accept the mis- uh, to uh, acknowledge the mis- the mistakes you make in the draft, and holding on to these players and trying to force a square peg into a round hole. All those things. It's mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to rattle off a list here, okay? Jair Alexander, 
Um, well, first of all, let's start with Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark is our highest paid player against the cap this year, okay? $12.9 million against the cap this year. Things have been moved around. We know it averages out a lot more than that. But this year, 12.9 against the cap, highest paid player, 56.9 PFF grade, okay? Um, Jair Alexander, okay? He's uh, 10.7 against the cap this year. He's our third highest paid player, 63.5 PFF grade, okay? Josiah Aguara, third round pick, Third round pick, you know, those precious third round picks that we're not willing to get rid of. Mm-hmm. He's a fullback essentially who's grading out of the 53.5. Okay. Third round pick. Elton Jenkins, second round pick, right? He's our fifth highest paid player. You just re signed him. He's grading out at a 54.6. I give Elton the benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. of the injury and battling back from it, right? That's that's something that's definitely got to come into play. But again, that's right now, that's 2023, that's a swing and a miss by Goop. There's no two ways about it. If you don't believe me, go watch the tape from the last game. If mm-hmm. he's not right, sit him down. Like, that. if anything, it's going to hurt his confidence. It's going to hurt you know players' confidence in him, that, that play around him. Josh Myers, second-round pick, 56.3. I know he's a good pass blocker. Okay, 56.3. Darnell Savage, 7.9 million against the cap. Might be 7-7. Seven, seven. Some sites have it a little bit different. He um, was a first-round pick, 59.1, has never lived up to that first-round pick. Those are all – and I say that because look at the draft picks there. First-rounder, first-rounder, third-rounder, second-rounder, second-rounder, first-rounder. God forbid we miss out on a Josh Myers to trade a second-rounder with something bundled next year to land Christian freaking McCaffrey, Mm -hmm. right? And and I don't even know what the trade compensation is. It it was – it's just that mindset is what's – what's kind of eating me up, Amelia. What do you think? Do you do you agree, disagree? How do you no. see that, man? Because to me, it's like draft picks are, okay, yeah, they're an investment in the future. Let's hope they pan out. And you've got this guy that's been in the league that's a proven commodity. Insert any any name, right? I mean, DJ Moore. Look at DJ Moore in Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not suggesting we got draft capital to compete with that, but that's just another example of we made fun of him for it, right? He's right. not a number one receiver. He's playing right. like a number one receiver this year, right? So, anyway, what do you think, man? You didn't even mention Amari Rodgers, but let's, oh, let's God, I didn't even have yeah. it on the list. You're right. Yeah, these are just players but, on the roster right now. Yeah, right. And and think about it. I mean, Savage is seven point nine mil, and he's now on IR. So add to that eighty million that's not on the field right now. That's that's crushing this team. So you know, yeah, Goody doesn't have a bunch of money to play with, but also with his with his picks, what else can we do? Maybe we need to think outside the box. Maybe it's not just draft and develop. Maybe do. 75% draft in the develop plan on using, you know, X amount of picks for trying to get, trying to get somebody. And yeah. it's like, um, you know, when we brought in Charles Woodson or someone like that, if you bring in a big, when you bring in a big name, it can change the dynamic of the team, but it would, where are we going to bring them in on defense? You know, where it would be probably easier to bring someone in on offense, but are you going to drop a, a bunch of money and, and bring in alignment to, to set, to set the whole edge when you still got David Bakhtiari on, on the, you know, on the team, it, it's, it's kind of right in the middle. Um, so I do think Goot's, you know, a little to blame there, but I also think that um, he's expecting that the, his draft picks that he's put all this time into turn out. And when they don't, that's where he starts to get bound up and, uh, and catches himself. Yeah. Uh, Jake K in the chat says, then they offered Tay more money like WTF. You know, the, the problem with that, that sounds great on the surface, but if you walk through it in chronological order and how it happened, 
they didn't even offer Tay an extension, mm-hmm. right? They were waiting and they said, let's see it one more. His agent went to him with one year left on his contract and said, Hey, let's, you know, we, we want to resign here. We want to be in green Bay. This is Tay's words, not mine. You can go check it out. He was on a podcast. It was either earlier this year or last year. Um, and he said, they said, no, let's just, let's wait and see. Let's see how this year goes. And Devontae said, so everything I've done here, being the top, at least a top three receiver, in most cases, the top receiver in the league, everything I've done here and everything I've invested into this team, and now you're telling me you need to see it one more year? He said, I'm done. I'm out. That's when he put the social media post up of the last dance. Mm-hmm. The media completely took it the wrong way and thought yep. it was Aaron Rodgers leaving. And it was really Tay saying, I'm done with it. That's when negotiations were off the table for Devontae Adams. And some of you go, oh, well, it's it's a business. You know, he, he shouldn't take it personal. No, dude. You When someone performs at the highest level, you either want them or you don't. Right. And if you do, you don't play around like that. Right. And what Jake K is uh, referring to is they offered him more money than the Raiders, right? After all that happened. And yeah. I, you know what? I respect Devontae Adams for saying, no, no, it ain't even about the money now. I'm going right. to go where I'm wanted. Yeah, so you got a you got a good employee, you keep him, or you do things to keep him. It's it's not like you're gonna get rid of your you know one of your most producing guys and mm-hmm. not have a backup plan. Maybe yep. that's you know he he kind of went in there just hip firing and it didn't work out. Right now, uh, let's see here. There was another comment I want to hit on real quick right here. Jake K again says, "Was that because he didn't know if Rogers would be here?" Absolutely not. Do you remember the press conference when Aaron Rodgers came into training camp? And he went scorched earth on the front office. Do y'all remember that? I mean, he sat up there for like 30 minutes and just picked everybody apart. That's what he was talking about. He he knew he was going to be in Green Bay and wanted to be in Green Bay. Him and Tay were talking behind the scenes. You think he you think he refused to tell Tay? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be in Green Bay or not. Like that's what pissed Rogers off so bad was because they lowballed Tay, and now Tay was done with it. Mm-hmm. Rogers knew that. That's why they both put the social media player. This is our last year together. This is the last dance. Let's and roll. He's seen, and he's seen it before with with uh, Jordy too. So he's been through that. Been through that again. You know. Mm-hmm. And again, some would argue that that's the right move with Jordy. I mean, based off how Jordy played with the Raiders, I I, I can't disagree. That right. seemed to be the right move, right? But like Rogers pointed out, you think Jordy wouldn't have had better stats with a quarterback where they're on the same page, those back shoulder throws, all the chemistry, all that. Absolutely, he would have had better numbers. Might not have been as as good as the peak. And again, the the thing about that too, they make it sound as if, well, you know, Jordy wanted to break the bank. No, they they offered Jordy, to the best of my knowledge, close to a minimum contract. They basically said the only way we're bringing you back is if we get you for pennies on the dollars. Right, Jordy left. And and why does that apply today, Emilio? Rashawn freaking Gary. Right now. He's playing on that fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. I'm sure going into the season, it was let's see how the knee's doing. Let's see how the knee's doing, right? Well, the knee is obviously fine. He, I think he's got the best pass rush rate uh, or win percentage in the entire National Football League. If not, he's only second behind Miles Garrett. So with that being said, it's like, okay, he's obviously healthy. What are we waiting on? Are you Imagine this. Imagine if Rashawn Gary pops up next week and says, I'm, I'm breaking off all negotiations. I don't want to be a Packer anymore. What, what would happen? That's essentially what happened to Devontae Adams. Right. right. And it's 
it, it just blows my mind, man. It's a premier. Yeah. It's, it's you're playing with fire at that point. You're yeah. you're really you're betting on yourself that you can get a better deal out of them by not giving them money sooner. And the yeah. way he's playing, it's not going to work out. If he plays like that for two more weeks, it's it's oh, I don't know what they're doing, what they're dragging their feet on, unless they plan on doing it, uh, you know, right after the season's over. Yeah. For sure. Paul Robertson in the chat said, Goody really dropped the ball on Myers, could have had Creed Humphrey. Yeah, we've mentioned that on here, mm-hmm. you know, over and over. But, you know, GMs do miss. You know, yeah, I don't want to come across like, you know, everybody misses. That's a tough one, though, man. That's a tough one. Yeah. It really is because it's like one of, the one of if not the best centers in football. I think last year he was the best center in football uh, for, if not the entire season, a majority of the season, according to PFF. And you took the guy – that you wanted at center one pick before him. I mean, that's, I, I'm sorry. I can't, I can sit here and bury my head in the sand and go, oh, no, it's not a big deal, but it, it's a miss. It is what mm-hmm. it is. You know, um, let's see here. There was one more I was going to hit on that. We're going to get out of here, man. Um, that I don't see it anyway. Yeah. Right here, Paul. That's a good point. It's a relationship business. Absolutely. And, and there are a lot, there are some people, Emilio, there's some tough guys out there that like to go, oh, this is strictly business. And, yeah. And Brian Gutekunst is locked in and he's emotionless and this and that. Okay. <laughs> Good luck getting players to buy into you caring about them and to care about this organization if you're just going to be cold like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm not saying it should be a love fest. Right. You guys know how I feel about Matt LaFleur and showing too much emotion. Right. But man, you can't, you can't go in and, uh, and just treat them like they're a piece of meat and, you know. Right. Well, that's it, a, is, that, it that's is what it is, man. Again, I don't think Goody is a bad GM. It just bothers me that we're not allowed to point out the faults and the things that we miss on. And the second you do, you know, the the uh, the defense attorneys come swooping in and make you sound like you're a bad fan and, you know, all that. But Zane Strong said uh, he, he's got the, the most, uh, most important comment of the night. He said, I hope we're 65% better this week. Uh, than we were last week. 65%. That's right. All right, let's get out of here. Emilio, you got any parting thoughts, Matt? It's a, ple- a pleasant surprise that you jumped on here with me, dude. Yeah, man, no worries. Uh, I'm, I'm still excited about the team. They're growing. They got, they're got they getting, you know, another 60 plays on offense, another 60 plays on defense this week, and it's got to happen against the divisional. Like I said yesterday, uh, we, we need these. We lost to the AFC teams, but – um, we need to turn it around and we still have time. We really do. It's the season is still young. Um, but again, uh, it, if the fans that, that want to, you know, write off the team, that's cool. But I mean, I'm here to just ride it out. That's, that's the only way to let it go. You know, we're, we're fans first and we love the team. So what, why, why put them down all the time when they're out there working too? Yeah, absolutely. And again, we don't want this to be a negative podcast. We want to be as positive as we can. But right. you know, in a down year, you if you see it, you got to say it. And sure. when, you, when you rattle off those PFF grades, you watch the tape and you see all this money tied up in players and they're underperforming. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you know, is it the, were they bad picks? Is it bad coaching? None of us will never really know. But what we're going to try to do here is cover both sides, yeah. right? Um, so that's uh, that's what we're going to do. But with that being said, we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping in here, man. I really didn't expect anybody. We didn't promote it. Just kind of went live. And uh, like I said, Emilio, thank you for jumping on, dude. This yeah. is a lot of fun. Um, Boz, thank you so much for the donation, buddy. You're absolutely awesome. Josh Martin, thank you so much for the super chat. And everybody hanging out here in the chat with us, man. Like I said, I know we're not all not going to agree on everything. Mm-hmm. It, it would be a boring right. 
podcast if everybody agrees, right? Right. Yeah, I was gonna say it's all right. It's a, it's a good thing, you know. We we got to have different opinions and and ideas. That's that's what makes it move. So, Definitely. and I, I think that we're gonna get a little bit better of a of a team this week. Uh, yeah, I really do. Definitely, and that's how we learn, man. We learn from each other through disagreeing and looking at the stats, looking at the results, and just trying to get a little bit better. But we're going to get out of here. Like I said, thanks to everybody in the chat. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world, and go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. <laughs> Drive down the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one goes. Go right by them and feel inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, we'll be trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the end.